Hello, welcome to another episode of Understanding. Today I'd like to continue uh, where we left off last time, talking about the diagnosis of the political party system in America. And before we can really determine ways to move forward, we need to really understand all of the problems there. Last time I talked about uh, referring to the Democratic and Republican parties themselves as uh, ineffective divorced parents that are not caring about their children, but are caring about that custody battle. So uh, starting off kind of this oft-quoted uh, cliche, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And then on the opposite side of that, we have Thomas Edison, who talks about saying uh, kind of famously, I didn't fail a thousand times, I just found a thousand ways not to invent the light bulb. But unfortunately, what we've done over and over again is just try the same two ways, and somehow we're shocked every time when it doesn't work again the second time. And so kind of want to drill down into that a little bit and understand this a little bit better. First off, I think that the problem today is that the two-party system has kind of turned into this fan club where it's like a sports team. And the the big problem with that is that it becomes a zero-sum game where only one team can win and one team can lose. The big problem with that is, especially you can see this, and it's gone back for a long time, but it seems more relevant today that... Right now, let's take, for example, the Republicans are in control of the House, but not the Senate or obviously the White House. So Republicans don't really have an incentive to do anything good, because when you look at this uh, team politics, if the Democrats do, or if anything gets accomplished, the Democrats are going to take credit for it, regardless of whether it's a bipartisan effort, it's going to go on President Biden's re-election campaign look at what we did here. They're not going to mention Republicans. And the same thing happened with uh, during the Trump administration and before that, the Obama administration, where there's really no incentive for the minority party to help. And so what they end up doing is doing everything within their power to stop anything that happens. There is a famous quote uh, before President Obama even took office that uh, there are some members of the Republican Party that basically said, our effort from here on forward is to stop the Obama administration at all costs. And so when you look at this zero-sum game, there's no, there's no benefit for the minority in any way, shape, or form to, to really help. And it ends up every time, regardless of who's in power and who's not, it just... Uh, keeps reversing back and forth. Whoever's the minority, their goal is to stop the majority. And there is a balance in this, of course, that is interesting here. But uh, like I already said, there kind of is a balance on their own. When, when the Tea Party was organized, it was kind of in opposition of some of the fears that President Obama was going to be further left-leaning. And so the Tea Party kind of was formed to balance this out. And then you think during the Trump years, and now there's there's the same kind of, whenever there's a push from the left, there's kind of a opposite pull from the right, and vice versa. If the, the right's pushing certain things, then the left is pulling back, saying, hey, slow down here. And so there already is kind of an effective uh, 
means where we can stop each other from doing anything that's too outlandish on either side or the other. But the problem with the zero-sum game is that there's already benefits in there to kind of control the the far wings of each party, but there's not really anything in place with this zero-sum game to actually help each other on the opposite end. And so that's where you get into this position where I kind of talked about last time, where there's no incentive at all for people to work together in Congress. And even when they can be friends, uh, there's really no goal for that. Even look at the House Speaker when uh, McCarthy was ousted from the House. There were a few Republicans, obviously, that kind of led that charge, but almost every single Democrat voted. Actually, I think every Democrat, at least that was there, voted for the ousting of McCarthy. And then they go and say, well, God, the Republicans can't figure this out. They're the majority. They should be able to do better. But a lot of the problems stem from the fact that, the, in this case, the minority party was willing to do something to hurt the majority just for the optics of looking at how, in this case, look at how divided the Republican Party is. They can't get anything together. And they kind of use that to their advantage. And so... Uh, the biggest problem with this is it leads to what I guess I would call the title of this episode is whiplash. And what happens is instead of looking at ideas and saying, okay, let's come together on things, we say, okay, Democrats, you be in charge, you have the best ideas, you be in charge and make things happen. And then four or eight years later, we get kind of sick of that as the American public. And we say, okay, Republicans, you're in charge now, you do something better will give you uh, power and you do it, make something better. And the problem is we get, instead of actually solving problems, we get people that are pushing agendas. And so you can look at this, for example, uh, I was reading an article that was talking about from a perspective of a person that was a Democrat, what was good that President Obama did. And they went through all of these um, points that were made about, or sorry, this actually was uh, President Biden, not President Obama. And they talked about, here's the reasons why we think that people should vote for Obama or for Biden again. And it was interesting because almost everything that was on there was a specific policy agenda of the Democratic Party. And then there was another article that was saying, why do you think we should vote for Trump again? And this came obviously from someone that was um, a Republican. And they went through and talked about and almost everything on both of the uh, both of the positive points that both of these people made was kind of the agenda of what the Republican or Democratic parties have as their agenda. And it wasn't necessarily actually fixing any problems. And so I look at this, and ironically, I believe that there's no better time to make things happen in government when then it's fairly balanced. When you have, like, the House has a very, very small majority to the Republicans, and the Senate has a very small majority to the Democrats. When this is there, it actually makes for, if we do it correctly, we can actually get people to work together. And instead of looking at, okay, what's the Democratic or what's the Republican agendas, how do we solve the problems that Americans care more about than others?
And and unfortunately, we get to this insanity where we go back and forth on this. And I loved a quote from uh, General Mattis from his book, Call Sign Chaos. He says that uh, institutions get the behaviors that they reward. And in this case, we've got to look at the incentives that the American people and the Democratic and Republican parties are given and what we as the public are giving to these people and we recognize the fact that we actually are unfortunately kind of getting what we're what we're pushing out there and i'll go into uh next week one of the reasons why it's a it's not just gerrymandering but also just kind of the process of having uh primary elections and we'll go into that next time uh but really when we look at today who benefits from nothing getting solved and the irony is the political parties do because they can go out there and campaign and say if you vote for me i'll finally fix immigration or i'll finally fix whatever the issue is and then the other party whoever's not in control just fights against that but then you realize that the same people keep campaigning year after year after year over the same things whether it's gun control whether it's immigration i mean we could we could make a whole podcast just of the of these reforms quote unquote that people are saying that they're going to make but year after year nothing really actually happens and it's because it actually is kind of fuel for the people that are already there to say oh i'm the one that can finally solve this issue so vote for me, or I'm the one that's been tough on this issue the whole time, even though nothing, ironically, is ever getting solved. And so the other um, interesting thing on this whiplash isn't just the American people that are kind of causing it back and forth, saying, okay, Democrats, it's your turn. Okay, Republicans, it's your turn. Uh, the big problem with this comes with foreign policy, too. You look at, uh, there's a a pretty funny story that isn't uh, widely well-known, but uh, when the Obama administration first took office, they decided, hey, maybe we should try and handle Russia differently. And so there's this uh, famous pose, a uh, picture where Hillary Clinton and the foreign uh, minister uh, of Russia, Sergei Lavrov, um, where they have this picture with this op-ed of, of them pushing this red reset button and in english it says reset and the funny thing is uh they alliterate they transliterated russian to peregruzka which means actually overload not reset so they they didn't even translate the right word while they're trying to tell the russians hey we want to reset our relations with you but we're not even gonna attempt to use the right word on here to to translate that and so it's just kind of funny but then you look at uh, they were trying to say like, hey, we don't really agree with some of the stuff the Bush administration did, so we're going to reset. And then you look after Obama, of course, uh, the famous, some of the famous things that the Trump administration did with NATO and some other things where they're saying, hey, we're, we don't like what's happening in foreign politics. We're going to go out there and change some things. And then almost immediately after um, Trump left office and Biden's administration came into power. They immediately said, well, you know, these Abraham Accords that you did, Trump, whatever, we're really interested in Iran and solving those problems. And so we get this whiplash of all of our allies and our enemies 
not really knowing what to get. And it's just like, well, maybe if we just wait out another four or eight years, we'll get someone that we can deal with. And I think this happens far too often because once again, people are pushing these agendas instead of looking at solving problems. And it's just unfortunate because how can we really be a nation that attempts to, you know, be kind of this going back to this cliche of the the shining city on the hill that's the example of democracy and peace around the world when we're whiplashing, we're, you know, jerking back and forth our allies and enemies when no one really knows what to expect. And then it uh, becomes that much more important every time to, you know, for the Democrats to say, no matter what happens, we can't have Trump win again. And then the the Republicans said that same thing. You know, we can't have another four more years of Obama policies under Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. And so it becomes this uh, back and forth whiplash of saying we can't do the agenda of the other party for four more years. So vote for the other party. And then it just keeps going back and forth. And all as we're doing is making people frustrated, both at home, both the people that vote, um, and the politicians, ironically, a lot of times too, are getting to this point where they're so sick of this that they, you know, like I mentioned last week, Joe Manchin was just saying, I am so tired of everything that's going on that I just am I'm done with politics. I'm not uh, seeking re-election. And so everyone's just tired of this thing, but yet year after year when we vote, we kind of do the same thing where we say, hey, well, let's just give the power to the Republicans because the Democrats did it and we don't really like this, and then vice versa. And and it's it's not even necessarily that the Democratic or Republican, like kind of the staple, maybe Republican or Democratic people are, are really changing. It's the kind of the opinions of the moderate um, Democratic left all the way to the moderate uh, Republican right and the independence in between and, and that actual silent major, minority, majority, excuse me, that really makes these decisions because they just get so fed up from side to side that they're just like, okay, we're done with this one, move on, whiplash to the next side again. And it really does cause not only for a lot of inefficiency, but it causes a lot of frustration. And so um, today, I guess I just want to bring this up as, as you're looking at politics and you're looking at officials and what they're trying to do, look for people that are trying to push agendas that are primary talking points of one side or the other. And then look at the leaders who are trying to bring people together, if, if uh, they are ever, and say, okay, uh, you know, it's great that you have this agenda, but what we need to do is actually solve problems. And the way that we solve problems is working together, not trying to shove something down someone's throat because they're in charge right now. Because then what happens is the next time that the side that had the shoving happen to them just gets in there and says, okay, you did this to us. Now guess what? It's your turn to feel what it feels like. And so we just get into this uh, dystopia of back and forth. Oh, well, you did this to us, so now we're going to do it back to you. And uh, it's really an unfortunate state that we're in. And hopefully we can get some better leaders that can recognize that the way to stop this is to stop the agenda pushing on both sides and to work for 
real bipartisan uh, programs that actually solve problems. And so this next time we'll talk a little bit more about how there's not just the American people, because I feel like unfortunately um, we as Americans have some some culpability in this because we're the ones that keep voting for people. You know, ironically, everyone has very, very low opinions of Congress and it's up and down a little bit, but it hasn't been super high um, for the past probably 20 plus years. But yet more often than not, we keep reelecting incumbents. And I guess that's where I'll go with the next episode of why that happens and why it is so hard to get good leaders into positions on the next episode and so thank you for your time today and hope to see you next time